0: Opportunity and gladly to uh, visit with you about my three friends that are here this morning. Three additional friends, I should say, because I'm sure I have one or two. What? It's home. What, Jim? Oh, I thought you were going like this, like it wasn't home. <laughs> and Gerald's going like that, and I've just said hello. Yeah, I know I have three here, (laughs) but it's such a blessing and I'm humbled by their presence here today. Uh, Richard and Connie, how long have y'all been married? 50 years? 53 and a half years? And uh, Richard is a very wise man because... Connie has given him a note each year with two different words that would be beneficial to their marriage. And uh, Dean, you might listen up here. Uh, You might listen up, Dean. And you, Earl, you might wake up. Listen to these words yes dear was the very first year and the second one was i did the third one now two words every year the third one is you're right the fourth one is screwed up fifth one so sorry and the next one is i'm sorry And then the other one is much sorry. Do you think us guys might commit a lot of uh, errors in these relationships? The word sorry was three years in a row. And the next one, will do. And the, the next one is yes, boss. You have an idea of what it was. The key ingredients. For this lasting marriage. So I am personally going to hold on to this myself and put it in my journal. Uh, matter of fact, Richard made me a special copy. Just so when that day comes I can pull that out and uh, improve my chances of a very, very happy marriage. Amen. <laughs> Boy, I like it when we get guests because they say Amen. You have heard this, and I have a a sign that somebody gave me. It's plaque, and it says, Preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. At the bottom of this, it says it was written by St. Francis of Assisi, but I went to Google last night, and the author of a biography on him said there's no indication he ever said that. But if he didn't say it, he should have said it. And the same one with speak. There are many good sermons that are preached. And every once in a while, they're from the pulpit. Well, I googled that. I can't find that either. But somebody should have said it besides me. But it is true. We set examples by what we say and do. Do not think for a moment that people aren't observing you. You know, when, uh, what is it? FHA, when they have all the animals out at the barn and so forth. Is that it? FFA? I get those two. I don't know who sponsors what. But they're both good organizations. But when you're out there and you see people walking around and intermingling with the kids and so forth, don't think that somebody's not watching you. And... It would be great if you were able to relate to those around you in a Christian manner without stopping and having to think about it. That it would just be natural. That someone would say, boy, that's a good guy. Man, look at the way this lady loves those kids. Your example speaks volumes as to who you really are. It is so very, very important. That when we leave this, His house, that we don't leave what we learned today. That the message is something we put on us just like we do our clothes each day and we carry it out into the public. So individuals will know that you are a believer in Jesus Christ. Because that example is the sermon that's been preached to so many that never came into the house. And I'm not just talking about First Christian Church. I'm talking about any house in this community. There are a lot more people at home at this very moment than they are in the churches in this community. And you may be the only minister that they know. The only minister in the way that you live your life. The way you live your life. Robert Coleman's dad was never a state senator, congressman, mayor. But he was always a Christian man. Robert's dad, through Robert's story with me, had a ministry that touched me. You see, when Robert's dad passed away, They had no idea what to expect in regards to how many people were coming to the visitation. His dad was very involved in their church, and their church started going down in attendance. And so they reached across lines, and there was a black church, a congregation, that was also having issues with a decline in membership. So they joined together, as all Christians should, in love. So they brought the two different congregations together and he was instrumental in that because he understood these are my brothers and sisters in Christ. And he worked hard for the Lord. He was a good example. I know he was for Robert and his brother. But based on what I'm fixing to tell you is that his sermon was heard throughout that community. You see, they had a two-hour visitation. We're familiar with that. But in two hours, they were not able to get everybody in and through because so many people in that community wanted to come and express their love to this family. You don't think he preached many of his sermons? And the next day at the funeral... There was not enough seats and enough chairs. Now remember, this wasn't some dignitary. This was a man that was a servant. A man that was a servant to God. Without notoriety, without stepping up into a pulpit, but a man that lived what he learned about Jesus Christ. You see, he was a minister. By his actions. And others knew that. Our example to this community is critical. Do not think it's just Wayne that they're looking at. I'm the one they roast. But you they are looking at as well. They know You know, you see somebody and you say, yeah, they go to First Baptist or they go to the Catholic Church or whatever and others are saying the same thing. They go to First Christian. Or this person's a deacon. Or this person is an elder. So don't think for a moment that you're not being observed. You're teaching a lesson to others. You are the teacher. You're the minister. You're the one that's sharing the love of Jesus Christ. Or are you? That's the question, are you? Biblically, this was addressed. First Peter, the fifth chapter, in the second verse. Peter is talking to the elders of the church, and he says, Be shepherds of God, God's flock that is under your care, watching over them. Not because you must, but because you are willing. As God warns you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being an example, Be an example to the flock. You have a flock whether you're aware of it or not. I'll just stop there at work, at the soccer games, when you go to watch the band, when you go to watch a football game. They're watching you. You have a flock, and you also have a great deal of responsibility. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away You will, you will, excuse me, That the crown of glory that will never fade away. This is the crown that you and I seek. Not because we want to be royalty, not because we want to wear a crown for the first time, but that we are deserving, that we are deserving of that crown. And yet, my guess is that Mr. Coleman would have never said he was deserving. He would be a very humble man that says, I'm just going about my business and taking care of the individuals that I know with love and kindness. And probably there were a lot of individuals that he did not know that were passing through for we all have individuals that are passing through in our life 1st Timothy 1st Timothy the first verse pardon me 1st first Timothy 1st first chapter 15th 1st here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst But for that very reason I was shown mercy so that in me the worst of sinners Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Do not think because you have some, some bleeps along the way that you're not a servant is his. For once you were baptized, those sins were washed away. The scripture says they're washed away and he remembers them no more so you are spotless. But Wayne, how about all the sins I committed afterwards? He remembers those no more either because you asked him to forgive you. And then you say, Wayne, I've done the same thing so many times. And I ask for forgiveness and I do it again. Then I ask again and again. There's no limit to the number of times He will forgive you, regardless of what it is that you're so embarrassed about, that you're fighting. It makes no difference. There's no limit because His love has no limit. You're forgiven. And through that forgiveness, you can share the love of Jesus Christ. And surely you have joy in your heart. Surely. Because you're loved unconditionally. Surely you have joy in your heart. That He has died for your sin. Surely you know that joy. For Christ has given you the perfect gift. The perfect gift. still in 1st Timothy the 4th chapter and the 11th verse command and teach these things don't let anyone look down on you because you are young but set an example for the believers in speech in conduct in love in faith and in purity set an example but I'm going to take some liberty here and let me change this somewhat. For I know there's more than one of us here that are no longer young. But this still applies to us. But set the example for the believers in speech. You that are elderly. You that are middle-aged. In love, Set an example in faith, those of you that have children, and set an example for those in life that they may see the purity, each and every one, the purity that Jesus Christ is offering. Jesus Christ is offering you that perfect gift. And not only are the young to set the example, obviously, but somewhere along the line, those of us that are older than that did not set such a good example in the past, but today we're on the right path to Jesus Christ. We know of our sins. We know how we've stumbled. We know that we made mistakes. We know that there are individuals that we hurt. But that is all washed away by the blood of Christ. So not just the young, but each and every one of us are to set an example. Every one of us makes no difference if if you're young, if you're old, if you're this nationality, that nationality. It makes no difference if you come to church once a year or twice a year or every Sunday. It's offered to you without any conditions. I went into uh, Verizon and I got me a new cell phone. And they had one price that was really much lower, but they had conditions on it. Sign a two-year contract. And then there was another one. I wanted a, a new iPad, and they said, well, this is the price now, but if you will wait for Black Friday, it will be cheaper. You're used to conditions. People have conditions. I will love you if. And I've heard this from a lot of individuals like in their 40s. And they said their parents always had those disclaimers. I'll love you if you do this. Or if you do that. If you make good grades. If you play on the ball team. But your Heavenly Father, there's no asterisk. It's not conditional except if you will accept Him as your Lord and your Savior, repent of your sins and be baptized, you will be saved. Not for one day, not for one century, but for eternity. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, your blessings are uncountable. We can't even start. Can't even start. Yes, we are so thankful for our spouse, our children, our grandchildren, our family. We're so thankful, dear Lord, that we live in such a wonderful country where we can worship you with fellow Christians. But dear Lord, the list goes on and on and on and on. You. You are the source. You are the Savior. Be with us, Lord, that we will open our eyes to follow the light, the light of Jesus Christ.